Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Justice League podcast with your hosts, Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 192 Grudge Match and Far From Home. Hi, pals. We're uh, near the end of JLU. I'm Al. I'm Maggie. And, uh, well, I, I was saying to Maggie before we started, my memory of this season back in the day, like 20 years ago, was mm. it's a little disappointing. It's a little unnecessary. But I was hoping revisiting it would maybe help me change my uh, mind. And uh, not so. The, th- the thing is, I can see that feeling coming off of the Cadmus arc just because of how big the Cadmus arc was. Yeah, exactly. And we were saying, like, if this had if this season had come first mm-hmm. and then the Cadmus thing, then it would be like, OK, yeah, you did a lot of fun little one off things with kind of a running plot. But now you save the best for last. Yeah, exactly. I just like, you know, it's just you can't help but compare. You had one of the best, like, serialized stories yeah. ever. Yeah. And, you know, then you have the Legion of Doom, which is and. Half the it's time, fine. it feels like the Legion of Doom is being forgotten. Well, what they did last season was distill so many things from comics into a streamlined, like, here's all the best things about that without all the confusing continuity mm. and the, you know, the, the re- expecting you to remember 50 years of history will catch you up where you need to. And then this season is like, uh, now instead, let's just do Super Friends. Yeah. It's like I saw Super Friends. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like it that much. I mean, I liked it at the time, but also sure. at the time I was a very stupid kid, so. Well, yeah, it was the only option at the time, too. Well, yeah. Also, it allowed Sean Baby to exist, and I know you and I both found that goddamn hilarious at the time. I mean, listen, we both needed Sean Baby at the time. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know. I don't know what that guy gets up to. Yeah. But, uh, you know. I hope he didn't turn out to be gross. Well, there's, a there's lot a of funny people of I liked in the aughts turned out to be gross. Or we're gross the whole time, and we either didn't notice or ignored it, because, yeah. you know. Because we had a lot of growing to do, some more mm-hmm. than others. Every day and every way, we're better people than we mm-hmm. used to be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was referring to your actual boobs, but, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Growing, you know. Every day and every way, those are getting better, too, so. Mm-hmm. To be clear, it's okay to bring that up, right? Like, I don't want to be, you know. Oh, yeah, listen. Okay. Ideally, I would have an entire podcast to talk about my tits. Well, I mean, we're almost done with this one. We could, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> You're listening to Kids Love Maggie's Boobs. <laughs> uh, kids should probably not be involved with that. <laughs> let's let's just steer clear just of that. Just call one. it uh, Maggie Loves Maggie's Boobs. Well, there you go. All right. And Al I doesn't don't... hate them. No, no. I like. I'm a fan of you being happy, so mm-hmm. therefore, you know. Uh, but something that didn't make either of us happy is the episode Grudge Match, so why don't I tell you what happens there? Please. (laughs) Meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom, Lex is still trying to uncover the secrets of that discarded coffee cup that Grodd claims contains a piece of Brainiac. Shocking absolutely no one, the secrets, such as they are, remain locked. But the ghost of Brainiac insists that Lex is getting close to something and urges him to do something to raise more cash. Because if there's one thing this hyper-intelligent computer containing a complete record of countless civilizations across the galaxy definitely needs, it's money? 
but how are we going to get a lot of money? Last week, I just happened to be sending my consciousness out to the ether at the same time, at the exact same time the Flash was doing the same thing. But what are the odds of some ridiculous coincidence like that happening again? Then Roulette, that lady who ran the boring metahuman fighting rings in that boring episode about that, comes in and quickly throws out an idea to raise massive amounts of cash. So I guess the odds were actually pretty good, Lex. Maybe you should leave the math up to Brainiac. The scheme is pretty straightforward. The Legion devises a method of controlling the minds of Justice League members through their little earpiece communicators. And they use this mind control to... make all the women in the Justice League fight each other. Which, okay... Given how much gross perverts like catfights does end up being highly profitable, but I feel like there might have been a better use of the means to mind control all of the <laughs> Justice League. Somehow, nobody works out that like half the League has been acting super suspicious and aren't around for missions and are instead fighting each other in a fancy new arena in Bloodhaven. Bloodhaven, ask us about our unnecessary umlauts. <laughs> This joke works so much better in writing because it contains five instances of the letter U that I could put little dots over, and that effect is entirely lost in this medium. Also, I put dots over the U in medium, in case you were wondering. <laughs> anyway, nobody's managed to realize that every female superhero in the DCAU is involved in this thing. And the only way that makes sense to me is if Batman got extra pissy and declared Bloodhaven off-limits to everyone else. Nightwing says he can handle it, I imagine him saying. He doesn't need anyone's help, so we should just let him handle it. Thankfully, Huntress is still kicked out of the JL, making her enough of an outsider to actually work out what's been happening. Roulette introduces a fight by saying, My name is Roulette, and I make the rules, which makes me wonder if her name is actually Rule-et. Like, the word rule plus the suffix et because she's a woman. I spent 60% of the episode that's just fight scenes thinking about stuff like that because I was bored. Then they stop Roulette, or possibly Rule-et, uh, break everyone's mind control and put a stop to the metahuman fighting. Again. The episode ends with Black Canary and Huntress about to spar with each other, just like Rocky and Apollo Creed at the end of Rocky 3. I haven't seen Rocky 3 in 35 years, but I remember more about it than I do about this episode, which I just finished watching seconds ago. I also remember more about Rocky 3, and I haven't seen Rocky 3. Well, Mr. T's in it. I, he is in it. And he plays a character named Clubber Lang. Mm-hmm. Clubber. He'll club your Lang. I guess. <laughs> Watch out. Uh-huh. Uh, this was so boring. This was so, I don't know what to, t what to talk about. It's just, all they do is punch each other and then they punch each other some more and then they punch each other some more and then they punch each other in the, in the arena and then the arena breaks and they punch each other. And then mm -hmm. just when I think all of the punching is over, there's more punching. Yeah, there's a lot of punching. You went a little Jerry Seinfeld at the end. <laughs> that was not my intention. There's more punching. <laughs> this is Jerry Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Why are they gotta do all the punching? <laughs> Why can't they do a kick? Oh, they do. There's kicking uh -huh. also. Yep. Yeah. They punch and kick and fight and fight and fight and fight and fight. Mm-hmm. They punch their chest. <laughs> uh, it's just yeah. at one point, Vixen is fighting Wonder Woman and she uses her powers to turn into a donkey to kick her. And I'm like, Yes, a donkey, mm -hmm. the best kicker in the animal kingdom. Yeah, I feel like Vixen has had these powers for some time and mm -hmm. probably has a mental list of the go-to. Okay, this one's great in a fight here. This one's good for if I have to jun jump mm -hmm. or run fast or, or whatever. I can't imagine donkey even makes the top 20. <laughs> I just thought she's like, I have to fight Wonder Woman. It's mule time, baby. <laughs> 
maybe there's some ancient Greek myth about like a, a mule or an ass or whatever that mm-hmm. like, cause you know, they called them asses back then and you're not allowed to laugh at it, but it's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, where she's like, Ooh, I know the, the ass that kicked the, I don't fucking know, kicked the goddess <laughs> or something. And I never actually the, read any mythology. <laughs> the, the ass that kicked the glass of water over so the crow could get a drink. Wait, hang on. Hmm. Uh, and then I'll become the crow. Mm-hmm. Eric I'll become Draven. TV's crow. Oh, well, that's okay. Crow T robot. That's yes. all right. Uh, so did you manage to scrape up a good thing? Oh, my God. Uh, did I? Oh, yeah. There's a part where Roulette whips out her hairpins and then uses them to try to murder Huntress with them. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Actually, Roulette in general is pretty awesome. I like the design on her. Teach mm-hmm. me how to walk while swinging your ass like that. <laughs> I mean, I can't, but someone should. Yeah. Dear roulette, <laughs> just uh, I know, just just slow the episode down. Just study it frame by frame. You know, I know you are a cartoon character from a show twenty years ago, but also, will you teach me how to walk like you? Mm-hmm. That uh, thing that comic book women can do on the covers, where they both, where they have their tits and their ass showing at the same time. How do you do that? Well, that that I don't, I don't think that's possible. I think you're going to have to do a lot of yoga if it is possible, though. Well, then yoga it shall be. All right. This is uh, as good a time as any to start your uh, Batman-style training, I suppose. I mean, honestly, sure, why not? Yeah. 40s when Batman started being Batman, right? Those are his yeah, best years? Mm-hmm. You mean the 40s? Mm-hmm, yep. The 1940s? The 1940s. Mm, also not true. No. Uh, my good thing. Yes. Um, roulette's throwing out names for this idea mm-hmm. and what they end up going with. I don't even remember because it's not nearly as good as the first idea she had. And I mean, it's insane that they didn't go with this bells of the brawl bells, B E L L E S. Cause they're women of the brawl because they're fighting, mm-hmm. but it also sounds like bells of the ball. It's perfect. That's great. It's such a good pun, and it works. And and they just like, nah, let's go with the other one instead. Hey, what if we called it the girl smash face fight? No, what they what they went with, and I don't I don't remember it off the top of my head, but it was something alliterative, and it's like, but the pun was so much better. Oh yeah. So, just you know, but but I don't want to like, I don't want to uh, uh, damn with faint praise here. Like this is genuine. Like the, that pun itself was very good. Mm-hmm. I'm just disappointed they didn't use yeah, it. Yeah, come on, guys. You could have done better. Yeah. All right. Well, the best This thing whole episode, you could have done better. I mean, that's true. What they really did was was say, what can we revisit from last season? But they didn't really pick anything good. They're no. Like, what if Huntress and Black Canary teamed up again? And and th- look, their their character dynamic was pretty good. I That's the thing. Like I, I, I liked seeing those two together, but mostly I was just like, oh, this makes me miss what I used to read Birds of Prey. Yeah, see, I I mean, you had that last time, too, and I appreciate that. But uh, this time, you know, they still they still bickered. They still help each other. Mm -hmm. It was a nice sort of uh, we're not becoming friends kind of thing. I like it. But it wasn't enough for another episode. Um, Yeah. And then they took bits from the, the cage fighting episode, too, which already wasn't one of our favorites. Yeah. Well, and I've seen superheroes cage fight so many times. That the, like, it is a very well-worn trope. 
Well, even in regular Justice League before we transitioned to JLU, didn't we do an arena fight with Mongol yeah. in space? So, yeah, we've already done this a bunch of times. Yeah, like, there's ways to make this more interesting, but, like, this, this does is not, not have any of it because it's too busy trying to save time, honestly? It feels like they're trying to save time or something? I don't know. It's like, like okay, just... we can't do a clip show people yell at us, but, like, what if we had a clip show of ideas? No, it feels like there's there were a small handful of things they didn't get to last time, like mm-hmm. fight moves, let's say. Like, well, we've never shown Huntress doing this, or we've never shown what happens if Black Canary... There's a thing where the two of them are fighting for a minute, and the first thing Huntress does is uh, kick her in the throat, mm-hmm. so she can't do her scream, which I thought was very good. That is very good. And then she's speaking very hoarsely for a while because she got kicked in the fucking throat. <laughs> hey, buddy, and, are you Okay. But oh, but it's it's good because uh, Green Arrow they just tell us doesn't have any powers, but he's the best at what he does. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. I don't see a ton of evidence of that. No, but Huntress, you see her do tactics every now and then, and it's like okay, she's actually good at this. Well, the the bit where like at the beginning where she sneaks onto the she so she basically breaks into the uh, the arena and like mm-hmm. they they send down an elevator full of goons with guns to kill her. Yep. And instead, she just gets onto the elevator and then beats the shit out of them off screen. It's like, it's honestly one of the best parts of this episode. Yeah, because they didn't show the fight. They just, like, they showed her getting into an elevator with eight guys Mm -hmm. and then stepping out of the elevator and they're all on the ground. Yeah, it's It's great. Yeah, that's how you do it without being boring. It's like, yeah, yeah, she, she beat them up. It's fine. Like... And beat them up so unconsciously that she was comfortable changing into different clothes Mm -hmm. in the elevator. Also, I love the idea that she's just like, and I'll leave this elevator full of beat up goons. Who's going to find them? I beat up all the goons. Mm -hmm. That's true. Weird goons. (laughs) Some guy leaving early just like, oh, this elevator is full of goons. (laughs) Matches Malone? I guess. All right. I was going undercover and you guys ruined my sting operation. I'm just picturing um, John Cleese from the Hungarian phrasebook sketch. Uh, <laughs> my elevator is full of goons. <laughs> uh, my bad thing. Yes. So gradually they they uh, introduce new fighters into the into the arena. Like first it's uh, fire and uh, black canary, and yep. then it's so on and so on and so on and so on. Who the hell thought? In this working your way up the chain thing, Wonder Woman was the final boss, while Hawk Girl is just kind of somewhere in the middle. Oh yeah, like we're we're supposed to be like, <gasps> now it's the big guns. Mm-hmm. But fucking Hawk Girl was uh, come on, man. Yeah, Hawk Girl like, actually has like a big gun. Well, yeah, but also, you know, I know she's had an arc where she softened a little, but that's her mm-hmm. character. She's still like. Does not soften anything in a fight. No, she will beat your ass in. Yeah, I was just dis- like, and, and Wonder Woman has been a source of constant disappointment for me in this show. I still, I want to like her and I've liked yeah. some episodes with her in it, but I still don't really get what her deal is after all this time. I get mm-hmm. her backstory. I get her relationship sure. with her family. I get all of the, the Themyscira stuff, but her, I don't have a handle on who she is, what she likes, what she you know, like you present me with 
a potential plot point and you say, how will these characters react? I can kind of mm-hmm. guess, but not with Wonder Woman. I have yeah. no idea. It, it really feels like like at this point with the se- the series is almost over. Mm-hmm. Um, It really feels like they just were kind of embarrassed by the character. A little bit. Like but- the I- the idea that like this this show starts with her joining the like her showing up like. They introduce mm-hmm. her in in this show. Yeah. And the fact that she's been there since day one and we still don't know anything about her. It took two seasons and a different show for her to actually get a bunch of her Wonder Woman stuff, you know? Ah, that doesn't bother me. Like. They they choose certain parts of what, uh, what they use and what they don't use. Like, I don't think Superman's ever had the cold breath and I don't care. I mean, that like, I don't care about that, but like. Yeah, but I care about that just as much as I care about Wonder Woman's truth lasso. It doesn't matter to me if if the character is still the character. You sure. Know? I just, you know, like, you had all the time in the world to d- do something with this woman. And yeah. the best thing you ever did with, it, with her never happened again because you won't bring back that girl she was in love with. Uh-huh. I, but also, I, I don't have enough of a handle on her power set to to really buy that she's the you know the main attraction yeah like it doesn't she she doesn't give up oh god she's the big tank vibe at all vibes at all nope yeah it's very irritating uh uh we get a very very brief um cameo by the question which i i like because when they set up okay huntress and question are still together and they're not Mm. just mentioning him like off screen, she actually talks to him for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> there's a real cute thing where he's in a warehouse and he he uh, opens a barrel and you expect it to be money or toxic waste or mm-hmm. something, and it's ice cream. And he said, "32 flavors." I knew it. <laughs> it was such a good, que- stupid question thing. Mm-hmm. But also that scene, like I think Jeffrey Combs has all of five lines. Yep. Because then Huntress is like, uh, "What are you wearing?" And he's like. Blue, uh, blue trench coat, hat, mask that conceals my face. <laughs> You're really bad at this. And like, that's it. That's the whole yep. scene. It's great. Um, and I thought they were setting him up to then come rescue the ladies or get the people to help to rescue mm. the ladies. And I'm glad they ended up sorting it out themselves because that would have sucked. Yeah. It's like, no, no, we're doing at the very least. We're doing an entire girl thing, you know? Yeah, we showed that this one still has a boyfriend because yeah. he's he's fun, but also he's not part of this adventure. Yeah, this isn't just, his story. He's just on the phone for a second. That's yeah. all. So, Hello, yeah. question here. Mm-hmm. Just uh, investigating flavors of ice cream. I mean, do you, really. Do you, do you solve crimes, sir? <laughs> uh, it depends. All the crimes are in. He's basically Dirk Gently yep. because everything's holistically connected somehow. Yep. Kind of love that, actually. That's a good read for that character. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, oh, all of this is connected. Oh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. I was also just thinking he was he's basically Aaron Fawcett. Yeah, kind of. Get him on the phone and uh, ask him about Sasquatch or whatever. <laughs> Hello, this is the question. Mm-hmm. Um, Call me Warner had... Brothers. I know you haven't done the question in a while. <laughs> Uh, you know what? They need to get their movie shit together before they, you know. Yeah, you know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Sonar, who I guess is like um, uh, roulette's like uh, right hand guy friend, dresses like a like a doorman. 
Yes, he sure and has, does. And has a gun with a tuning fork on it. I'm trying to, like, he shows up, and I'm, first of all, I'm like, who the hell is this? He looks like, like a tick villain. Yeah, like, you guys are really scraping the bottom the bottom of the vin- villain's barrel now, because you're getting into guys I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? It's like, yes, yeah, Sonar. And I'm like, okay. Well. kind of sucks. They did kind of blow their entire villain load at the uh, Legion of Doom. So it's like, I mean, oh, shit. they sure did. Who didn't we put in those crowd scenes that we can give to roulette? Uh. <laughs> I mean, apparently we found out last week they were just making up new dudes to stick in there. Yeah. But again, I think that was to because they couldn't use some of the Batman guys. Sure. I might be wrong about that. but um, <laughs> We've got uh, Evil Puppet Man. Uh, who is not the same as, as uh, Mr. Scarface. Different thing. Play-Doh Face. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Three-Face. <laughs> I've got the, three faces. Yes. <laughs> the puzzler. No, that's a guy. The joke smith. <laughs> no, the joker still exists. They just couldn't invite him or don't want to <laughs> invite him rather. Hello, joke smith here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still him. See, every time they try to hire one of those guys, the joker shows up and murders him. So yeah, exactly. Heard you guys hired the joke smith. That was really fucking stupid. Mm hmm. Look, you know I was a comedian first, right? Mm-hmm. And you know comedians hate more than anything else someone stealing their bit. Mm-hmm. So now I'm a murderous comedian. What do you think? Mm-hmm. That's my deal right uh-huh. now. Mm-hmm. My current sometimes, deal. Sometimes I just follow guys home when they piss me off. But mm-hmm. uh, right now, that's my deal. I haven't done that in a while, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I should right. go to, like, a grocery store or something, just hang around until someone asks me what my deal is, and then ruin his life. Just, like, wait for them to accidentally step on my foot or cut mm-hmm. in line, or that's all it takes, really. <laughs> I get people on the bus like that all the time, and it's just, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, but, pay uh, attention to me. I'm the most interesting guy in the world. <laughs> yeah, but you're not a Batman villain, so you just uh, avert your eyes and grumble, probably. Yep. <laughs> Let me just get back to my book. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are you reading? Uh, All right. Anything else about Grudge Match? No, my good thing was basically what we talked about. Like, it's just a bad episode. Yeah. <laughs> or my bad thing, excuse me. My good thing was different. Yeah. I know what you meant. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, then let's move on to Far From Home. All right. <clears throat> So in the distant future of the year 3000, Brainiac 5, not evil, he repeatedly assures us, and Bouncing Boy, also not evil, but nobody fucking asked him, (laughs) uncover an old time sphere and plan to bring forward three members of the Justice League. And one of them will be Supergirl, and she will never return from the future. Dun, dun, dun. Meanwhile, in the past, a.k.a. our present, Supergirl, Green Lantern, and Green Arrow finish off a training exercise. Arrow and Lantern tell Superman that his cousin is officially 21 years old, and the way Arrow says it sounds like he's the kind of guy who's been counting down until the Olsen twins are legal. You guys remember that? That was a thing that actually happened. And also that she's officially a grown-up superhero. Then Kara, John, and Ollie all get teleported into the future. Kara initially tries to kick Brainiac 5's ass, but stops when she realizes that he is hot. He and Bouncing Boy tell them that they're members of the Legion of Superheroes, a team of future superheroes that I do not 
have time to get into. These guys have more continuity problem problems than Hawkman. <laughs> anyway, the Legion has been attacked by the Fatal Five, who have kidnapped and mind-controlled everyone else on the League. Oh, good. More mind-control means more heroes fighting each other. Did the JLU run out of villains? Because last time I checked, there's a whole Legion of Doom just hanging out in the big Star Wars action figure carrying case in the swamp. Like... How about an episode about that nasty little dapper freak we were talking about just a minute ago? Anyway, mm -hmm. the Fatal Five kidnaps Bouncing Boy and Green Lantern, leaving Supergirl and Brainiac Five to flirt and all to egg them on like your horny old uncle at the Christmas party. The good guys track down the bad guys to the United Federation of Future DC Universe Planets, and everyone fights for a while. Supergirl's ass is briefly kicked so that John can reenact that cover on of Christ's on Infinite Earth where she dies. But then, actually, she isn't dead after all, so, you know, that all works out. The day is saved, but Supergirl decides to stay behind in the, in the future so that she can make out with one of her cousin's greatest enemies. And if that's not the real revenge for Brainiac, I don't know what is. <laughs> There's a bit uh. at the end where Superman's just like, so tell me about this boy, and it cuts away. So... <laughs> It feels like they realized Superman never really had a good relationship with her, and they yeah. just kind of hang a hang a not a Green Lantern, a different color lantern on mm -hmm. him. By and this feels like Dwayne McDuffie writing him as a bit of a jerk again. Yeah, He's like I I I don't know, I don't know what she wants. I try to keep my distance because I don't know. And Ollie, the voice of reason, inexplicably is like. First of all, her origin's not the same as you. She remembers being like on a, on a, a Kryptonian uh, uh, colony. Yeah. Second, she was a teen most of the time you knew her, so of course she's not going to be like reasonable about it. God. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Yeah. And then he says, um, "I'm proud of her, but don't tell her I said that." Like, you're Superman. <laughs> you're supposed to be the guy telling everyone you're proud of them. For God's sake, man! Never tell her that I'm proud of her. Why? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's a weird thing. Like I, I would get it coming from another character, but it felt weird coming from Superman. Do you know what a big deal it would be for Superman to be all like, "I'm proud of you. You're doing a great job," especially if you're wearing a fucking Superman shirt? Good God! No, and and I don't remember if we talked about her new outfit uh, this season, mm -hmm. but they explicitly say she changed it to look more like his, which yeah. I thought was very sweet. Yeah. Like, God, the fact that they... Did they ever have an episode together in Justice League? I don't think they did. No, they, they interact from time to they time. Interact, they interact, but a, like... Yeah, they didn't have a full-on let's go on a mission together thing. Like, it would have been interesting to do like a uh, Superman, Supergirl, Steel episode, you know? Yeah. Or just to catch up with, you know, like like whatever story's happening while they're sort of hashing out whatever personal, you know, like catch up with wh where their arc is kind of yeah. thing, you know? But, yeah, I Like I said, it feels like they, they just said, oh, we've never done anything with this. Okay, what if Superman's just kind of awkward and not very good at this? Mm -hmm. And she feels like she doesn't belong, so she'll just want to stay in the future. Yeah, I guess. So. My memory of this was mm -hmm. that it was all meant to set up a spinoff of her in the future with the Legion. And it, th that was my memory, too. And like, it absolutely has that feeling like, yeah, and we'll do a Supergirl in the Legion show. You know, I, I looked this up. There was a Legion show and it actually ended up being with Superboy. And mm -hmm. the, the rumor for years was it was originally supposed to be Supergirl because of this. And they changed it. Yeah. And uh, the producer of that show has since said, no, that's not true. It's just a coincidence that. They did this episode right at the time we were developing that show. So yeah, because this uh, this has big backdoor pilot energy to it. Well, and uh, it, it kind of ties into my bad thing. Mm -hmm. 
the dialogue in this is really wooden in parts. Like the bit at the beginning where Brainiac 5 says, we must violate the laws of time to pull heroes from the past to save our future. Sounds like the opening narration of some horrible show I would never watch. Mm Mm-hmm. And the Fatal Five just felt like Skeletor and his gang. Like, Boy, they sure did. We have defeated the Legion. Like, Soon uh, the uh, Legion of Superheroes will be brought to their knees. Okay. Go, well, Half-Man. And Half-Man? That was, a, that was the robot guy's name, right? The guy who's half a robot? He was called like Half-A-Man. He could have been. I, I, I missed that. But the, the thing about the Legion of Superheroes is they all have real dumb names, and I assume... The, uh, the the villains follow the same basic thing. Like they're mm-hmm. all they're all boy and lass yep. on the, <laughs> which is very stupid. I I could not tell you. I have, have we talked about this? I tried Impossible. so hard to get into the Legion, and they are incomprehensible. I mean, same, but I found them identical to the X Men, which then you got mad at for me saying. I, fair. Because they showed up in that episode of Superman. Remember yeah, they did. I forgot about that. But then at least Clark. it was like they only had like the three of them or whatever. Yeah. This one's got like everyone, but also like none of the, like none of them talk or do anything. They just sort of fly around and are menacing. Well, th- it seems like this season is a lot of checklists of what haven't we shown from the comics yet, but they don't yeah. always flesh it out. They just say, "Here, they have made a visual appearance. Now they live in the DCAU." Yeah. But okay, I don't know who they are though. <laughs> They're just guys that if I read the comics, I would recognize, but you haven't even said their names. I mean, as someone who's read the comics, I still don't recognize half of these people. <laughs> No, and I'm sure we went into this when we talked about that Superman <laughs> what? episode. What's okay. your deal, large lad? I mean, look, Matter Eater Lad has been a, a fucking punchline for everybody for years because it's the dumbest name and power set I can think of. He can eat any kind of matter. I mean, I all the food I eat could be described as matter as well, but you don't see me bragging about it. <laughs> you put him um, in a cage and he's just like, ah, I'll eat the cage. Also, they decided to to uh, for for one of the featured characters go with Bouncing Boy, who I guess is just fat. That's his power. Yeah, he's fat and he bounces. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I looked it up because the the that character had a real uh, let's get a fat nerd. Mm-hmm. Like the the voice had that vibe, which I do not care for. It was like uh, every hey, time, like I'll be on the league. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's it's the the weird little creep from Batman Beyond. Yeah, uh, but I looked him up, and the voice performer who uh, uh, played him, no kidding, is named mm-hmm. Googie Gress. Googie, oh. G-O-O-G-Y. Googie oh, Gress. Oh, dear. Uh-huh. And if you look at the guy, he's he's a character actor and, and uh, hardworking voice actor. Like, he's mm-hmm. been in a ton of things. But uh, Googie, huh? I mean... I guess if you want to have a like a memorable name, that's true. Because I, I want to be thinking about Googie Grass for the rest of my life. I mean, I'm still thinking about Bunty Bailey from when we talked about uh, Wrath of Khan years yep. and years ago. <laughs> I think it was Googie Grass feels like like a name that they would like like rattle off in like Mystery Science Theater, you know? Yeah, yeah, it feels like one of uh, TV's Frank's obscure references. That yeah, or like gets. fucking, you, you hear Trace Ballou as, uh, as Crow pipe up, here comes Googie Grass. Right, exactly. Put you on Clue Gulliger alert. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Mike, I take this very seriously. <laughs> uh, what was your bad thing? Uh, there's no weight to... The whole concept of Supergirl never returns from this mission. Mm-hmm. Like, 
it's mentioned in passing and then basically completely forgotten until the end. Like there's no there's no feeling of stakes to any of this, you know? Like no, there's these five we, guys that we've never met before. And just saying yeah. that, I'm like, and here's their hamburger stand. Mm-hmm. And like they control the Legion, who we also don't know anything about, and just Bra- Brainiac 5 is just like, and she'll never return from this mission. We're bringing her here, her here to be doomed because we need her. And none of this ever feels like, and this is like, this is the mission that's going to kill Supergirl. She's Supergirl. Also, I, I don't want to speak for you, but for me personally, mm-hmm. I've seen predestination time travel shit so many times that I, like, notwithstanding the fact that I've seen this episode and I know what happens. Sure. I I knew this was the outcome. She never comes back to the present because she stays in the future. I know that already because that's how, like, you always think something bad's going to happen and then it's kind of a loophole. It's like, oh no, Buffy's heart stopped for a minute, so technically she was dead, but she's Mm -hmm. still, you know, it's one of those kind of things. It's like, technically that's true, but not really. Yeah, there's just, there's no stakes to this. And, like... No, I think on some level you knew mm-hmm. she was sticking around, so who cares? Yeah, like, whatever, you know? Also, show's almost over, so we're not really going to miss Supergirl because she only showed up occasionally anyway. Well, and also there's that bit where Arrow's just like, and she's from a different planet. that They had technology vastly superior to anything here mm-hmm. on Earth. So, like, you know, if she w- if she were to say go to the future, she'd really fit in there. I mean, I did like that. mm I did. That did make sense. And I'm glad they reminded us because I might not have put that together myself. Sure. Like, oh, that is why she likes it better here, because Earth sucks to her. She's like she lived on a farm in Kansas. But really, Earth as a whole is just a farm on Kansas. To yeah. Her. Yep. Get uh, up and milk the Earth cow. I guess so. Mm hmm. <laughs> Behold, Earth cow. I think that was a tick villain. Mm hmm. Yep. Uh, what was your good thing? Uh, I like the big purple robot with the exposed brain. That guy kicks ass. He was one of the Fatal Five. Yeah, he is one of the Fatal Five. I don't know his name. I don't know any of their goddamn names. But nope. he's just a a big robot with like little teeth, and he's got mm-hmm. a big exposed pink brain. And they beat him by punching his glass brain. Oh no, my evil black heart. <laughs> it's like, buddy, you know why we don't have exposed brains? So no one punches them. Mm-hmm. I loved him. More of that guy, please. Mm-hmm. I think he shows up in the very last thing we do, so I'm excited for that. Well, the very last thing we're doing is the last canon thing made, which is Justice League versus the Fatal Five. And I wonder, I saw this in your notes. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, if it ties to this, because it's supposed to be the same continuity. So Yeah, I will be very interested to see that if it's like tying. That would be really nice, honestly, if the, that I... were like. Oh, go ahead. If they were like tying a boa and then Superman went to go see his cousin in the future or whatever. I think very interested would be overselling my level of interest, but I'm modestly interested. I mean, again, I'm, it's like if they're going to fight the Legion, the Fatal Five, they're going to hang out with the Legion. And I don't give a shit about that. Not necessarily. The Fatal Five could come back in time and like menace the Justice League and the, the Legion might not be there. I suppose that's true. Again, thing- it says a lot that uh, they made a that they made one of these Justice League movies, and they're like, "Well, let's not put the Legion in; those guys are boring. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's use their weird villains." Is that yeah. pink brain guy around? How about the lady <laughs> with the eyeball? Done. What about half a man? Is he here? <laughs> well, half of a man. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> lost the other half of him years ago. Oh man! So, he just shows up to like hang around it, hang around Two Face's house, and just be like, "See how bad it could have been? I'm half mm-hmm. a man." I mean, see, technically Two Face is too. He just interpreted it differently. Yeah. I'm more of a glass half full kind of guy. <laughs> See, I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, now I'm two men. Mm-hmm. But but you're not. <laughs> no, I am. Your I, regular human face, there's only half of it there now. <laughs> you've just got like a messed up face. Batman's like, don't just, I, uh, we, we've had this conversation so many times. Mm-hmm. Usually starts I'm, with me going, Harvey. <laughs> I'm going to burn slightly more of my clean half, and then I'll be Three-Face. Mm-hmm. And then I can join the Legion of Doom. <laughs> with my good friend, this puppet. Hello. Ho-ho. And the jokes man. <laughs> what was your name? Oh, he died. <laughs> Knifeback. That's his name now. <laughs> um, the, the weird thing about this episode, I... I, this kind of goes back to my bad thing. Just like the the dialogue was a bit wooden, the the plot was nothing. Mm-hmm. Like it was co-written by Dwayne McDuffie and fucking um, Paul Dini. Yeah, like, the dream team, baby. Yeah, and and something else. I don't usually find myself second guessing the better writers on this show, mm-hmm. but something I'm amazed they didn't call back to was Booster Gold because Booster Gold. Uh, so a couple of times they're like, oh. You get a standard issue flight ring and you mm-hmm. get a standard issue. What is it? The belt that gives you like a like a uh, force field or something. Like yeah, it's that. like a belt that lets you breathe in space like uh, right, the right, right. Star Trek animated series. Yeah. And those are the things that Booster Gold has. And it would have been a funny thing and nice continuity to say, wait, we think Booster has powers or, or fascinating technology. Mm. Everybody on your team gets one of these. These are standard issue. You have a whole case of them in a, in a storeroom in the back. Mm-hmm. And Booster thinks he's special. <laughs> well, he's got skeets. Okay, well, yeah, skeets is special, but but Booster is not. No, no, Store I don't know. Ring. I just, because because that's Booster's whole deal. Is he he knows he mm-hmm. knows that this regular ass shit from a, a thousand years in the future is cool. Back in, you know, back in the stupid. Yeah, it's like if you went back to medieval times and showed them a microwave. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're not going to be able to plug it in, but no. Not because they don't have electricity, but because medieval times were in Europe and they have those weird pronged things that (laughs) that aren't compatible with ours, you know. I also love the idea of going back in time with a microwave, realizing it doesn't work, and then just being like, ah, but look, if you push this thing, the door opens automatically. I mean, a spring would be enough, you know, Mm -hmm. like, (gasps) sorcery, you know. (laughs) You are the great Merlin. No. Mm. Please, please don't call me the great Merlin. I hate that guy. Mm. Uh, my good thing. I don't remember Kara actively flirting with anyone before. Like maybe mm. maybe they did a Superman episode where she was very much sort of a young giggly teen. Like that that vaguely rings a bell. But she turns 21 in this episode. And so this is a grown ass woman flirting with someone. And mm-hmm. it works. It was cute. And she has some really good banter with Brainiac and mm. her being into him feels natural and it doesn't feel forced. Like by the time we get to the end of the episode and she's like, I want to stay because I'm into this dude. It's like, mm. yeah, yeah, I believe that you are. That makes sense. It would Like, I just I'm a sucker when it's well written mm. for the like Han Solo, Princess Leia, like we hate each other, but we're falling in love like uh, old school movie banter. Yeah, absolutely. And they had a lot of that. 
Mm -hmm. And when was the last time we saw someone in the show, like, fall for each other? Like, it was probably Question and Huntress last season. I I think so. And that's been a while. Yeah. So it was nice to see. And it's nice to see Kara. Like, it's it's another way to think of her more as an adult now. Mm -hmm. Which was kind of the point of the episode was like she's like by every measure in our society she's a full on grown up so yeah like, she can do what she wants yeah and if you want to move yeah. to the future I say go for it uh, uh, Ollie yeah he comes off as a creep but I think a lot of that comes from his previous appearances staring at you know uh, Black Canary's ass and so forth mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't interpret his actions in this one especially creepy if anything I kind of liked. He kind of stepped up as the older brother figure that Superman couldn't manage to be. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And it's a good payoff to that first episode of JLU where it was a team of the three of them. It was uh, Green Lantern and those two. And Mm -hmm. they all didn't really work well together. They didn't trust each other. And by now it's like, oh, us again. Cool. I like these guys. And like, that's nice. It's a nice. We're all buddies now. Yeah. And Green Arrow's. At first, I thought he was swooping in and being like her sexual guardian or whatever. Yeah. And he's just like, no, you're into her, too. Right. Like, she's clearly into you. You're into her. OK, I'm going to leave for a while so you guys can do your thing. <laughs> the Which bit where he's like, you're clearly in love with her. And Brainiac, Brainiac has a moment where he's like, well, yeah, I have. I was sweating and elevated pulse. I just thought I was feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. No, it's cute. Like mm-hmm. anytime there's a, a moment for some character stuff to happen, it's good. It's yeah. just there's there's five minutes of that to the twenty minutes of nothing else. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. There is like, some good character stuff here though. There is, and like unlike Grudge Match, like there's potential here, you know? I Grudge Match had the three minutes of uh, Black Canary and Huntress doing some good character stuff, but the, and and the question appearance, yeah. and that was it. But this one did a little better, but not much. Yeah, not really. It's just the thing that has made this show special the whole time is, yeah, you have a cast of thousands, but every time you choose to focus on somebody, I really understand what's going on in their head. And mm-hmm. I understand the conflict between them and some other character who I also understand what's going on in their head. Like they've done us such a good job of the character stuff and they've really skimping on that in favor of fight scenes this season. Yeah, seriously. And that that's what makes every other superhero show. But this one has always had really strong characterizations and it's just disappointing you know yeah i kind of miss that yeah a lot all right well i mean we're just about done yeah we are what two episodes left let me look at the list so next week we are actually covering the last three because it's 13 episode season so it's an odd number Mm -hmm. uh but that is that does include the finale uh destroyer um the we we do we have three more weeks of this podcast left uh excuse me four because we're doing a monitor duty to wrap it oh sure yeah so next week, we're doing the last three episodes of JLU. Mm-hmm. The following week, I decided to throw all the shorts together, which they only ended up being three. Okay. When I put this list together five years ago, four years ago, whatever, I thought there would be more by now. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a real brief week for us. Cool. But after after covering three full episodes and then the following week doing a movie, it's yeah. nice to have one in between where it's not, not very much. Don't we deserve a break? We work so hard for you. I mean, it's, it'll be like the week we did uh, Lobo. Like, sure. it, it just it won't be much. Um, <laughs> I hope it's a better week than when we did Lobo. Oh, yeah. I've seen these shorts, all of them. Mm-hmm. But like uh, there's one called The Dark Knight's First Night, which I do not remember off the top of my head. Uh, there's one called Chase Me, which I do remember that was packaged with Mystery of the Batwoman, which we didn't cover at the time. Yes. We were holding it till the end. Uh, and then there's a Batman Beyond one that um, 
uh, is that the, the late, Darwin Cook one? Yes, the late great Darwin Cook was yes. involved with. Um, and so we'll be covering those in in one show, and then yeah. the following week we're doing, as we said, Justice League versus the Fatal Five. Yep, which is a 2019 direct video movie that's allegedly in this continuity. Uh, Bruce Tim said it was, so I guess he'd know. Um, yeah. Okay. And then one final monitor duty. So if yeah. you want to write to us for that, as I always say, kids love Batman podcast at Gmail. You got mm-hmm. a couple weeks. That's it. Uh, I didn't intend to start wrapping the show up now, but I think we basically have. I mean, that was a good lead in. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, any any other things you want to mention? I'm let me look at my notes here. Back I don't think so. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, and as we have mentioned previously, and I'll continue to plug this, we will be pivoting back to Star Trek when we're yeah. finished with this. Uh, for those of you who only know us from this show, we reviewed the entirety of Star Trek up to that point, uh, like all, like in uh, seven, almost 800 episodes of individual Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, on the post-atomic horror, which ran for 10 years mm-hmm. uh, and stopped right did. before we started this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be picking up where we left off doing uh, Picard, Discovery. Yeah, we're launching straight into Picard, yeah? Yep. Picard, Discovery, Lower Decks, uh, Stranger New Worlds, all the all the Star Trek that's that's been accumulating since we started this so, mm-hmm. uh, uh and you know we have we have a decent background in that i would say we last i checked still the only show that's actually covered every single all thing. of it so you know it, it won't be there won't be any learning curve we'll just jump right back into what yeah. we're doing so check that out the postatomichorror.com do not confuse it with there's a prog band that this <laughs> week released a single called the postatomic horror which is a coincidence mm-hmm Nice song. Like, I like I like Prog sure. Rock. It was good. But uh has nothing to do with us. It's just, that was a weird little thing, though, considering, like, we've been around for this long. I mean, we pulled it from Star Trek, so... We like, did. Of course we did. I'm sure they yeah. did, too, but, like... Possibly. Um, But I have a Google alert set up just in case someone wants to, I don't know, mention that there's only one show that's reviewed all of Star Trek, and it's us. No one ever has, but... No one ever just, has, just, no. Just in case. Yeah. And I've, I'm getting a ton of pings on that this week because of that song. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, anything else? Uh, I think that's it. All right. Well, that's all for this time. Yeah. See you, folks. Voila! <laughs> God damn it. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar-Watt. Copyright 2023, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.